Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carpenter, your host, and I am so glad you're here. It's Halloween season, and if your team isn't in the World Series, like mine, then you have to find your entertainment is somewhere else. <laughs> and, oh, gosh, I'm a suffering boys and girls. And luckily today, I have somebody else whose team may not be there right now. We got Ben Saban on with us today. How you doing today, Ben? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for having me, Mark. It's great to have you here. Ben's a a writer, and he's with The Last Word on sports. He's shared a lot of good ones, too. Uh, As a matter of fact, as I was trying to find some ideas, Ben, you know, for for Halloween this year, I I came across an article you had written about Wrigley Field. And, and, I mean, the Cubs – the Cubs are magnetic to everybody anyway. So (laughs) there's so much history there, but as far as – Halloween and and looking at curses and and ghosts and things that go bump in the night. Evidently, the Chicago Cubs have plenty of that going on. Yeah, they they definitely do. I mean, it's, especially for a team that's been around as as long as they have, and and especially Wrigley Field has been around as long as as it has since I guess it opened nineteen fourteen. So you're you're bound to accumulate some ghosts over that amount of time, you know. <laughs> Yeah, certainly. And I know one of the ones you had written about, Charlie Grimm, G-R-I-M-M. So yeah. already already there with kind of a Grimm's Tales kind of thing. But to tell us a, a little bit about Charlie Charlie when he was with the team and, and uh, a little his history. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Grimm was with the, uh, the Cubs in, in the 20s, 1920s, 1930s. And he was a, a, a first baseman for them and then a, a manager and a, and a first baseman. He took over for uh, Rogers Hornsby in, in 1932, and he actually was the, the manager for the, the Cubs, and they played the Yankees in the 32 World Series. And so, but they, they of course, got swept by the Yankees that series. So it was, yeah, not, not a good series for them. And that, that could be one of the reasons why he, he hasn't left Wrigley Field, you know. Ooh, and, and that's interesting of itself because, you know, when, you, uh, when I read your story, the one sense I got about Charlie is he's he's a clubhouse guy. He's somebody who has a positive energy he brings to the field. And wow, I mean, some of the things I was here, the antics he would do would be, you know, going up behind an umpire and mimicking some of the things that they were doing and uh, crossing some bats, knocking things around, et cetera. But as you said, his career, he must have felt somewhat unfulfilled being swept by the Yankees. And, course the Yankees know what being swept feels like right now <laughs> yeah right yeah can't say I'm upset about that no that's, that's a are. different story <laughs> <laughs> but but with Charlie uh what what is the word about him as far as his spirit and Wrigley Field what's going on there well the one of the things is I guess a lot of security guards around there they they hear the bullpen phones ringing late at night randomly and and the legend has it is that it's 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 grim who's making pitching changes from the afterlife. So, yeah, so he's, he's calling down there and they'll hear the phones ring randomly. It's late. Nobody in the stadium, just security guards and they'll, they'll go off. And so, uh, yeah, they, they also say that he's, he's possibly buried in left center field in a private box out there. So we don't know. He could still be there physically as well as spiritually. Wow. Uh, you know, (laughs) Man, I, I know some people are passionate about their jobs and certainly about their sports. And, and I do believe there, there can be an energy that transcends, you know, what we can tell in the material world here. So uh, I, I can certainly abide by the idea that that's, that's possible. And, yeah. You know, in 
talking about ghosts in Wrigley Field. And uh, I know there's some stories even about uh, Harry Carey. Oh, yeah. Harry Carey, the beloved Harry Carey, you know, even I if mean, you weren't a, a Cubs fan, you, <laughs> you love Harry Carey. Well, I know before there was a whole lot of streaming, there was cable and WGN was the way a lot of people got introduced into baseball. If there was anybody that you're going to learn anything about baseball, it was going to be with Harry Carey and, yeah. you know, singing there with all the fans and bringing them all together. You know, he was bigger than life when he was here, but yeah. evidently people are still seeing some or hearing some about what he's doing. Yeah, that's, that's what we're hearing. I guess, you know, they, people say that he comes through and, and, and it, it's an unexplainable mist is what they've said. And then uh, they feel his presence an overwhelming feeling of, of, of his presence. And, and they say that, you know, it's, it's, he's, he was always pretty well known for interacting with the crowd and, and it looks like he's still doing that, you know. He's been beloved by, by the entire Cubs community for all these years. And I have to tell you, it was a little disturbing to me, though, <laughs> Field of Dreams this year, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and lo and behold, out there in the middle of Iowa, somebody has procured the spirit of Harry yeah. Carey and, and 3D hologram you know, feature getting ready to sing to everybody, take us out to the ball game. Yeah. And <laughs> I just found that very spooky. I think if I, if I had met his actual ghost, I don't think it would have made me squirm as much as that technological yeah. marvel did. <laughs> I feel the same way. When I saw it, I went, wait a second. What is that really him? Or what is that? Oh, yeah. that was, that was just spooky, man. I mean, well, you... and they, they say too, that a lot of times they've seen his ghost in, in the press box or in nearby bleachers too. So, you know, maybe it was really him. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a heck of a presence. I, I can say that, much. but Chicago overall, I mean, it's, it's such a, a great city with a lot of history, you know, everything from uh, crime to sports to baseball to, to the taverns. I know when I had the pleasure of going to Chicago a while back and I went to the Billy Goat Tavern. Yeah. And actually, this has been several years ago. It's before I was actually involved in baseball as much as I, I am today. But then I, I discovered that the Billy Goat Tavern had something to do with a curse on the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, the, the curse of, curse of the Billy Goat, right? They wouldn't they wouldn't let in. Uh, oh man, what was his what uh, was owner? William Sienis or Sienis? I can't. Yeah, that's what it was, and they they wouldn't let him come in with his his goat, and so he put a put a curse on him that that worked right for a, for a long time. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. <laughs> I think he put the curse on said for seventy one years from yeah. from like nineteen forty five till till Madden and the boys in two thousand and sixteen, right. <laughs> and but. You know, that, that was, so that curse has evidently been lifted. So I'm glad yeah. to hear those things are going well for Wrigley Field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess the, what is it? The, the Indians still have a curse on them or sorry, the guardians. And they, they still have, what is it? The curse of Rocky Colavito, right? Share that one. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I, I don't know too much about it, but, but yeah, I guess it was a, a curse that uh, they traded him away. And since it was sort of like a curse of the Bambino, right? When the Red right. Sox got rid of Ruth. Yeah. Same kind of thing. They got rid of Colavito and, and haven't won since. I think wow. that's what it was. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to do a little more research on it. To check that one out too, yeah. man. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I can tell you living here in Tampa, it's been interesting because there's all kinds of cultures that come together and there's all kinds of history here too. 
Yeah. And one part of that history, uh, when you're a lot of the minor leagues come here and have their training each year, uh, a lot of folks, whether it be visiting the Rays or for, uh, for spring training, stay at the Vinoy in St. Petersburg. And that's a beautiful old hotel. But it seems as years pass, more and more stories come to the fore. And there have been visions of a lady in white who's been seen there. You know, uh, water taps being turned off and on. Sounds of uh, feet going across the floor in the middle of the night. You know, um, the like flickering lights. So all, all the traditional movie scary stuff that you want to yeah. see. <laughs> but also I was like, uh, see a guy by the name of Scott Ryan Williams. He was a right-hand pitcher for the Cubs. And when he was there, I think he saw, he may have been the one that saw this translucent man who was standing by the curtains. You know, he, he fell asleep and a couple hours later, he still saw him there. Uh, yeah. a, another player felt somebody pressing down on them while they were sleeping in the bed, you know, only to find some objects moved around as well. So there's, there's all kinds of hauntings with baseball players and, and old hotels. Uh, what is, oh, the one in Milwaukee, the Fister. Oh, yes. Yeah. That that yeah. one has its history, too, with players that go there. I, I understand. You know, you've been on the road. You've been spending several nights and all that. And you're tired. But certain hotels, certain places, there seems to be recurring themes. And whether it's the lady in white at the Vinoy or the translucent man or the lights flickering, it's Halloween and and, and the curses abound. And it's just it, it drives you crazy. Um, yeah. I. I had the good fortune, or if you want to call it that, when I was working at the Tropicana for the race. And part of the training took place out of season. So, like, most of the lights were, were dimmed in that place. And I got to tell you, Ben, it was, it was spooky walking the halls, the corridors, if you will, yeah. that the only, the only light you would see are, like, the, the, the red exit signs just glaring, you know, just down the hall from you. and. Yeah. And the reverberation of, of, of any anything else as far as a, a shouting or something dropped and clang. But <laughs> I've got a vivid enough imagination as it is. But in circumstances like those, you can kind of get the gist that there might be something else going on there. Yeah, yeah. Your mind can play tricks on you, but is it is it really playing tricks or is it just something else playing tricks on you? You just I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, when, when I think of this season, too, I think of the ghosts. And I think of the, you know, the traditional shrieks and shrills and booing. Yeah. And of course, now being you and I being involved with baseball, when I think of booing, I, I think of New York Yankee fans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, man. You know, they're, that's kind of, they're haunting Aaron Judge. I've been haunting him all the way through the uh, ALCS. Uh, you know, look here, the man's out there. He's doing a great job all in all. The man's, hitting as many home runs as 62 home runs this year. Yeah. And guess what? We don't appreciate you. So we're going to shout and boo you. Up. And that's kind of a scary Halloween thing to do. And yeah. Uh, right. We'll, we'll take him over in San Francisco, you know, more, tell. more, more Halloween. We'll, we'll have him over there in the orange and black, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll say a little bit more about it. Cause he's got some roots out there, doesn't he? Yeah, as, as far as I know, I know he's he's Bay Area. I don't know exactly where he was, but I, I know I saw an interview with him, and I'm pretty sure he had a, a Buster Posey jersey in, in the background when he was being interviewed at his, in his home. So I'm just saying, you know, and, and, yes. and Posey's, you know, Posey's on the on the ownership group now. So Oh, 
I didn't realize uh, that. Yeah, that's a that's a newer thing. So he's on the ownership group. So so hopefully he can talk to, to do a little talking with Judge. You know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, you know, if you can't appreciate what you got, they they should be able to go somewhere else. I know, uh, Aaron. I think kind of getting away from the uh, Halloween, but coming back to the world of baseball today, it yeah. has been very interesting what's happening with this young man. I mean, I applauded him where at the beginning of the year, he didn't jump on the bandwagon and say, yes, I'll go ahead and sign right now. We don't have to worry about this free agent stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really, I, I think he's done such a great job this year, especially handing all the, all the pressure with chasing that, you know, the American league home run record and all that <laughs> single season. Oh my gosh. You know, it just, yeah, he's, he's done a really great job. He has, and and the ghosts of Ruth and Maris have not raised up just yet. But yeah. <laughs> Maris Jr. evidently still has a lot to say about. He definitely does. So. Yeah, I, I saw a little bit about that. I kind of went, eh, I'll leave that to him. <laughs> <laughs> Wise choice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. No, I, I don't know. I, I'm to me, it's one of the most exciting things that's going to happen this postseason. Uh, I don't have a dog in this hunt. I, I would have pulled. I would have pulled for Frank Conan and his boys probably. And, yeah. Uh, you know, because the Cleveland guardians, you know, there, there's a lot there. There's, there's some youth. And um, I was really hoping to see once my guys were out of the hunt, I was kind of pulling for them. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, you know, I, I was really, I was really pleased with the Padres for knocking the Dodgers out. So, yeah. so I was pulling for the Padres a little bit, but now I, I think I, I got to pull for my old, my old giant. I got to go for dusty Baker, you know, I can't say I'm an Astros fan, but I can say I'm a Baker fan. So <laughs> uh, I get that. I get that. I, I'm a, of the same mindset. And I was pulling for the Padres, too, because one thing I like about baseball, even though I'm a fan of the Rays, I'm somewhat agnostic because you get to really enjoy players and they migrate to other teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not like it used to be, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> long, oh, no, no, long no. Long time no. ago, yeah. No, not Kurt but, Flood, and they're going to hold you forever in a day until it's, yeah. after 20 years as they were going to move you. But to be able to see from my guys uh, with the Rays, being able to see Charlie Morton and uh, Travis Darno, both yeah. who went to the Braves, you know, and looking at the Padres and seeing Blake Snell and Cronenworth, you know, both yeah. excellent players and seeing them there. So I, I don't lose a whole lot with it with just the Rays because they may not be here in the Tampa Bay area sometime in the near future anyway. And that's kind yeah. of a scary thing, but uh, yeah, I hope they stay. That's yeah. You never like to see a team leave, you know? No, no, but that's, that's pretty much where some of that's heading. So what do you see for the future of baseball uh, in 2023? What do you think is going to look different with the, the, the new rules as long as we're talking about scary stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Right. It's one of those. Yes. Yeah, as, as, as baseball fans, we tend to not want that change, you know, but, but I, you know, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm excited about the bigger bases because, because of the base stealing. Yeah. I, I, you know, I really, you know, the whole strikeout home run thing. I'm, I, I, I I'd like to see that go away a little bit, you know, the, the, the I'd, I'd rather, I want to see a lot of base stealing and, and, you know, and even the, even the pitch clock, I think at first I was, I was a little bit against it, but now I'm thinking, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be good. Speed up the games a little bit. And it'll also, it'll probably cause a little more base stealing too, you know, cause now they're, what is it? They can only throw over. Is it, is it twice? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I was against it and now I'm, I'm, 
slowly gravitating towards all these changes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, looking forward to that as well. I'm hoping to see a little bit more base stealing. To me, that's one of the most exciting parts of the game. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know if anybody will get near, near Ricky, Ricky Henderson though. You know, no, <laughs> I don't no. think we'll see that again for, <clears throat> for a long time. Yeah. No, that'll be a hard one to beat for sure. <laughs> I, I am curious to see, I've kind of embraced the shift. I yeah, know yeah. But a lot of, they want to see it gone. Okay. But here's the deal. You look at some of the players with the shift, people like Bo Bichette, they used yeah. to, everybody used to go ahead and move for him on with the shift, but you know what Bo did? He got better. <laughs> yeah. Right? He, he built variation into when he, where he could place a ball. And yeah. from where they had, they were doing a shift on him. You see as much as 40 or 50% of the time, it's now down to single digits when they go ahead and shift on yeah. him because they know he's going to break it. It's going to be interesting too, because one of the rules of the shift change is what your feet, if you're an infielder, has to stay in the dirt. You can't be really touching the outfield grass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm hearing too, you know, that, that they're talking about, what is it? The, uh, the two man outfield. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing too, where they're going to take one of the outfielders and reposition them to try to get around the, you know, the, the, uh. the shift, you know, but I don't know. I mean, cause then you can turn a, a single can turn into a triple if you don't have an outfielder out there, you know? So it's, I don't know if that'll work, but like you said about Bobochet or, or, you know, it's baseball is a game of adjustment. The best are the best at adjusting. So I think as far as the shifts, I was getting used to it too. And now that they're taking it away, I think, well, you know, it's kind of an interesting part of the game. Oh, oh, oh. oh no, I, I know. I, we'll, we'll see. And, and it's been an exciting year thus far. 2023, uh, you got any teams that you're seeing that maybe aren't at the top right now that you'd expect to see do better? Well, I'd love to see my Giants do a little better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll get Aaron Judge over there. We'll, we'll see, you know. But, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think, you know, as far as the NL West goes, which is where I tend to have a lot of, you know, attention, you know, I, I think the Padres are obviously on the way up but I think they could, they could possibly even have a better season next year. They do than this year, you know, but they could actually challenge the Dodgers maybe for the, for the NL West title. And hopefully the giants will be up there too. Yeah. And there's a lot of teams who who've done well. I mean, buying a, a good stream of talent and then there's those who have to do it through the farm system. And then there's those who just kind of sit on their hands, I think sometimes, but yeah. uh, Oh yeah. I mean, the Dodgers and the Mets, I've always looked at them and said, okay, well, just open the checkbook and place a team. And it didn't work for either one of them this year. No. Yeah. I mean, the, the Dodgers have the, you know, what is it? One, one World Series in, in how long? What was it 10, 10, 11 years that they've yeah. been at the top of the top of the West? And then, yeah, you, you open the checkbook. And sometimes it's, it's, it's not about <laughs> the marquee players. It's about the team that you have and them playing together. And that's, yeah, yeah. I, I really like Seattle. I wish I'd seen them go a little further, but, you know, yeah. they, they, they didn't, which is, which is too bad. But I think they're a team that's on the rise that we'll see a lot of in the next couple of years. So do you think that a team with a 111 wins should be secured a spot further down the list? I mean, because the, the Dodgers didn't get there. and. Yeah. The playoffs, I mean, they, they've been working and mixing it up somewhat there, Ben. And I'm, 
I was okay with this year. You know, there, there can probably still be some tweaks, but as far as the playoffs and the number of teams and where you put the division leaders, do you have any thoughts on that? I, you know, I, I, like, like all the rule changes, at first you, you want to sort of go, I don't know, they're changing the format, they're doing it. But, I, you know, I, I like it because, I mean, as, as far as diehard baseball fans go, like, you know, like we are, at regular season, postseason, I'm going to love it either yeah. way, you know. But then you get a lot of fans who they just they tune in for the postseason. If you can have more teams in it representing their, their city, I, I think it's a great thing. Brings more fans in, and, and I'm, I'm in for that for baseball being at the top. Any way they can keep it more exciting, you know, I appreciate that and I enjoy it to me. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that aspect of it. Is there anything in particular you want to talk about? Oh, gosh, no, just, you know, baseball's okay. the best. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Ben, it's, it's been exciting today, man. I'm really glad you're able to join us here today. And there's a lot of exciting things going on. We talked about the hairy, scary stuff, and we talked about what may be a little scary for the future with upcoming <laughs> rules. And I am looking forward to 2023. But actually, at the end of the show, I'm going to put on uh, an episode we did back in October of 2020. And it's called The Five Stages of Grief for <laughs> the, the Tampa Bay Rays after Kevin Cash pulled Blake Snell in the sixth <laughs> inning against the Dodgers. But we'll do that. Uh, a little bit more, Ben. Where can folks find you and some of the stuff that you're writing these days? Oh yeah, you can you can find me at uh, Twitter at uh, b underscore e underscore Saban and on Instagram at b e Saban, and then I have a website as well uh, www.benjaminsaban.com. And then of course you can find me on Last Word on Sports as well. Okay, cool. And what's some of the more recent stories that you've been covering? Oh, well, I just I just did a story about the the history of single season home run records. So all the all the way back past you know, past Ruth and into some of the guys that, that nobody really knows, you know, because <laughs> you always, when you think of home run, home runs, and you think of Ruth and on, and, and there were some other guys that didn't necessarily hit a ton of home runs, but, you know, a lot of their home runs they had inside the Parkers, so they had to leg them out instead, oh, wow. of, instead of just trot, trot around. A lot of those guys, 18, eight, late 1800s and, and stuff. So I, I did that pretty recently. And then, you know, always working on historical pieces. That's, that's really what I love. Well, I'm looking for more of that. And again, they can find you on Last Word on Sports. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Last Word on Sports. And then on, on Twitter at B underscore E underscore Saban. Thank you, Ben. It's been great having you here today on Baseball Biz. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Great. Look forward to having you here again real soon. Any Anytime. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll be glad to have you. I want to thank everybody for joining us here today, and we look forward to talking with you again real soon. Special thanks to XTakeRUX for the music rocking forward. Also, remember, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on, oh, gosh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, stuff or no. <laughs> I'll fix that. Anyway. Thanks again, Ben. You take care, buddy. Thank Um, you so much, Mark. Welcome to a special bonus edition of Baseball Biz, where we take a non-scientific look at the five stages of reef and what are we going to do about it. Many fans had a difficult time handling this and found themselves going through the five stages of grief. And those stages are denial, 
anger, bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. The first stage, denial. And I know in my heart, I, I thought, there is no way this race team can lose. This is the best team we've had. Their offense will come around. Snell is pitching at his career best in this game. He is mixing it up in a way that bewilders the Dodgers. That, wait a minute, that, that can't really be Cash walking to the mound. Switching to Anderson? Really? And then I moved on to the next stage, which was anger. How can these guys not hit the ball? Why is Randy Rosarina the only guy that can hit? I mean, can Chad Matola wake these guys up? Maybe there's a Kirk Gibson in a Rays uniform hiding in the dugout tunnel. I mean, have you given up yet? That was the stage of anger. And the next stage I went through was bargaining. Please, 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 please tell Cash not to pull Snell, and I promise to watch less Netflix, wear my mask over my nose and mouth in the store, and I promise to donate to the Boys and Girls Clubs and mental health organizations everywhere. Just please let my raise hit and win this game. The next stage is depression. Once Cash pulled Snell, he tore at the heartstrings of every Rays fan. I mean, I could just feel it. It just tore me up. I mean, the Dodgers dugout showed elation at this action. You see Mookie Betts smiling big as he pleases. Dave Roberts acknowledging with a nod to Mookie. And it just, you felt all the energy that was in that Rays dugout just flow away and straight over into the Dodgers dugout. Okay, I, I got to go to bed now. I can't watch this. I think I'll sleep in for a day or two. I mean, Sports Center doesn't really cover that much baseball anyway. The last stage, acceptance. Okay, a day has passed and time to let go of a season that has passed. The season was fantastic. The Rays hitting, you know, and pitching with wonderful 40 wins and 20 loss season. Outstanding. They won the ALCS champions, moving on toward the World Series some fantastic, exciting games. Baseball has been more important to me this year than ever, and there will be another raised team again next year. That's the final stage, acceptance. So if we had another stage, it's going to be called, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it, huh? Well, I'm not sure who may or not be on the roster next year, but I am certain there will have to be more stronger bats and perhaps a bit more flexibility with analytics. I mean, is is there a way to factor in momentum? You know, if they could factor in all analytics, momentum, spirit, and strength of the moment into analytics. There is a necessity for wisdom that supersedes pure analytics. A wisdom to see beyond the numbers and measure the emotional strength and character of a player and a team that may actually bend time and space a bit. But the other, what are you going to do about it, is we need to celebrate these Rays. Whether you're sending emails, social media, thanking them, blessing them, that is the way to go. There is no need for recriminations or finger pointing or anything else to boot. We need to celebrate these Rays. Let's go out with a little celebration and thanking everyone who's made this season what it is. And raise up. Thanks again for listening to the special Halloween edition of Baseball Biz. We look forward to talking with you real soon. Special thanks to Damiano Baldoni, the artist who provided the music 
funeral battle. <laughs> 